What's great about studying the structure and style syllabus is kids go to analyze some other piece of writing and then comment on that style. Hello, and welcome to the Arts of Language podcast with Andrew Poudois, founder of the Institute for Excellence in Writing, or as many like to say, IEW. My name is Julie Walker, and I'm honored to serve Andrew and IEW as the Director of Marketing. Our goal here is to equip teachers and teaching parents with methods and materials which will aid them in training their students to become confident and competent communicators and thinkers. Hi everyone, this week we're going to switch it up a bit and play for you the audio portion of one of our IEW webinars. Because the webinar itself is over an hour, we're splitting it into two parts, but we'll post both of them this week. And we'll post any links or websites mentioned in this recording at IEW.com podcast. Enjoy! Well, good evening! Andrew Pudua here at the IEW headquarters in eastern Oklahoma. We're having a beautiful late spring summer evening of sunshine and clouds and occasional breeze, but otherwise just as warm as perfect it could be. And of course, everybody predicts tornadoes coming in the near future. But I guess that is the vicissitudes of weather. We are here for the last of our monthly training webinars going through the nine units of the Structure and Style Syllabus. This is Unit 9, Formal Critiques. We're going to get also into some variations on the critique model and briefly talk about the response to literature. So I hope all of you who are participating here have some good questions. Part of the great benefit of doing the webinar is the ability to ask some questions ahead of time. We're going to start out with one of my most favorite excerpts from one of my most favorite musicals, and that is Your Good Man, Charlie Brown, and this is the famous book report song. If you have not heard this before, this is the classic, this is the painful truth, and this is where we begin our conversation tonight. So please click on the link with me and watch the book report song. At this time, please pause this podcast and find the link in the show notes and watch the YouTube video book report from You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown. Haha, <laughs> that is such a classic. I tell you, I watch that once a year on these webinars, and I have to say it reminds me of the whole gamut of challenges and variations and the types of kids that we meet from the Lucy's who want to meticulously follow the letter of the word of the number of the law to Charlie who probably represents most of us in one fashion that we just can't quite get started until the last minute that it has to be done and we procrastinate or the Schroeder type who just go off completely on their own. This is what happens. This is stereotypically what happens when we fail to give students good models, structural models, stylistic techniques. When they know what's expected of them, 
they overcome all these problems. So we are talking about Unit 9 tonight. So if you're following along in your teaching writing structure and style workbook, in the first edition, it would be pages 67, 71, and then in the tips and tricks handout. The second edition, it's going to be pages 147 to 156, and then writing about literature, 159 to 168. So you can see the fully fleshed out version. This is, of course, a flipped webinar. Does everyone understand the whole idea of a flipped webinar here? You watch the previously recorded, archived, and available Unit 9 webinar, which is a pretty standard presentation for this Unit 9. We've been doing this, I think, four years now. So you watch that one, and then we get questions, and I go through very quickly Unit 9 overview and content, and then we spend most of the time answering your questions. So that's the idea. We don't know if it works very well or not. It's a new idea, this flipped webinar idea, but we're giving it a shot. So hopefully you've got some questions lined up. Oh, I see a few of our stalwart folks. Bernadette is here, and that's good, and Jeanette, and Sherry, among others that I might recognize. Amy, thank you so much for being with us. Kathy, good old Kathy Flowers, one of our most solid team members and helpers and certified instructors. And All right, so let's just quickly go over what we are likely to cover tonight. The critique model, this is unit nine in our nine units of the structure and style course. I won't go through all those nine units because I think if you're still with us here at the end of the year, you probably are well aware of those nine units. We will review, talk about book reports, what are critique models, what's the value of the critique thesaurus, how do you adapt the unit nine model for a nonfiction critique, and what do we have in the new TWSS material in terms of response to literature and literary analysis and hopefully have some questions. I always love these little comics. Calvin and Hobbes, the author of this one, seem to understand quite well because there are several comics having to do with writing and students and children, but here we see Calvin saying, Hi Hobbes, are you reading that book I gave you? And the talking tiger, yes, it's very good. Do you like it? Mm, sure, I think it is. Wait a minute. And he comes back with uh, pencil and paper, or pen and paper, we would hope, pen and paper. Would you mind writing it in two pages for me by tomorrow morning? <laughs> Thus illustrating the challenge of taking a huge thing like a book and shrinking it down into a couple pages. That somehow is somewhat of an, a, an overwhelming or daunting task for so many students. So I would say book reports have a certain stigma attached. Uh, we Sometimes individually, I know I do, carry around a lot of baggage having to do with the term book report. I didn't like doing them as a child. I think there's a few reasons why we might want to not do them, or at least change our vocabulary when we're talking about book reports. One is, is that it seems like the most common effect of a book report is that as soon as a child can read a book and you say, okay, write a book report, he suddenly doesn't want to read another book. And so that whole idea of being overwhelming, possibly even destroying. Anytime you hyper-analyze something or try to summarize something too difficult or 
write something that is overwhelming can be, I just don't want to do that again. You know, I don't want to do it. I don't want to read a book. I don't want to deal with it. One idea that is very useful, I think, throughout the entire structure and style syllabus is that of the funnel. This idea that you have a certain amount of information and you want to end with a certain amount of information. It's not a perfect paradigm because obviously in physics anything you put into a funnel will come out, but the idea that the top is wider than the bottom is where we're at. So if you think of unit two, you know, you're taking keywords from every sentence in a short little paragraph. The funnel is kind of straight down. You go in with seven ideas, statements, facts, thoughts. You come out with about seven ideas, statements, facts, thoughts. And then in unit three, the funnel gets a little wider. Now you have a short story, page, two pages, three pages, ten pages. And you have to produce a three-paragraph version, summary, rewrite, retelling of that story. And so oftentimes, the original is longer than what your target is. So there's a funnel. Unit four, of course, is now you have definitely too many facts. That's part of the whole exercise is you have too many facts, and you have to choose of those 10 or 15 or 20 or 100, which seven per paragraph that you might want. And that becomes a harder task. Unit five, you know, writing from pictures, that's little bit off the funnel idea just because it's the creative writing. Unit 6, of course, now you have too many references with too many facts. So the funnel gets wider. Unit 8, the formal essay, and then Unit 9. If you are trying to write a book report, you may have 150, 200 or more pages, and you're trying to figure out, okay, of all that, what do I say in just a couple pages? So that funnel is a tricky thing to deal with. And when you realize a whole book, you know, writing about a whole book is one of the hardest things you could ask a child to do. The other thing I suspect, and I don't have a lot of evidence other than just my suspicions, my ideas, which are usually correct about this kind of thing, but I suspect that the whole idea of a book report came from the idea that, okay, we asked children to read a book, and now we have to make them prove that they did it. And so that it's already kind of a negative thing, like I don't believe you. You have to prove that you read the book, you have to write this book report, you have to figure out what to say about it. So in a way there's a certain negativity there and, and often we don't model it well enough. So the problem without having a good model is you don't know what a book report is exactly, unless the teacher, you as a teacher, can give them a very specific, okay, here's a number of paragraphs, and here's what you put in each paragraph, and here's how you organize and prioritize ideas, and here's a couple to read as samples. It's pretty hard to figure out exactly what the thing is. And, of course, if you do a Google search, good heavens, millions of results. So when we teach Unit 9, we want to revisit, of course, the story sequence chart. We want to understand that three-paragraph model, characters and setting, plot or problem, climax and resolution. And if we've already written a few of those back in Unit 3 in October or so, then revisiting this chart shouldn't be too difficult or too challenging we would discuss and outline the story. And then we add in 
the critique model introduction and conclusion. The introduction gives the background information about the type of story, the title, the author, maybe some biographical information about the author, or if we can find out what caused that author to write this book or books like the one that he's written, or, sh or short stories, of course, and even some information about where the story came from, the publisher, the number of pages or length, illustrations, pictures, anything that might add to the reader of the critique, their experience about you know what is this story and mechanical, technical, initial version. Then we would have the story sequence chart, which would be the body, if you will, of the critique. So it's, it's like an essay in that there's an introduction conclusion. The introduction conclusion do different things, but it still has an idea of introduction, body, and conclusion. And then we would put the conclusion in, which would tell what the student liked or disliked about that story. Students that have two, three, or more years of structure and style under their belts would be able to critique the story in terms of style. So did this author use a good vocabulary? Did this author use a variety of sentence openers or sentence patterns? Did this author incorporate some of the decorations, such as alliteration or simile, metaphor, use of very short sentences, onomatopoeia? Were there triple patterns involved? What kind of voice or person or perspective did this author use in writing this story or book? So what's great about studying the structure and style syllabus is that when kids go to analyze some other piece of writing, they've got a little checklist. They can go down and say, I see it, yes, I see it, no, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, and then comment on that style. This is something that many older students and even adults cannot do. This is also, uh, oddly, one of the tasks that's on the new SAT, the analytical essay, where they say to the kids, don't say what you think about this subject, topic, question. Say how the writer of this sample we give you expresses his opinion, her opinion, on this subject, topic, uh, issue, whatever. And so that's a tough thing to do if you don't have a repertoire of stylistic techniques under your belt. So I think our students are going to be particularly well prepared, at least in comparison with many other students, for that SAT analytical type of essay. I'm not saying I agree with it, that I think it's something that's useful or good to be doing, but we do, of course, have to acknowledge the fact that if that's what the test is, then we would like to teach the students to prepare for that test. So this five-paragraph critique, I think particularly in the conclusion, you can talk about that idea of what's useful, what works well, what did that author do from a literary style or maybe a, a logical way to, to make this work. Now, the Unit 9 model, as you see it here, I would reiterate, is a fiction critique model. It's a narrative critique model. It needs a story that has characters, conflict, and resolution. If you have a nonfiction piece of writing, we can handle that, but in a slightly different way. So we need to differentiate for our students. This is the critique 
it can be a book report it can be an analysis essay of some to some degree but this is for understanding narrative and fiction so the basic fiction critique this can be applied to anything really that has that narrative structure characters problem and resolution short stories fables myths fairy tales fiction novel certainly a movie or play I know in the seminar I talk a bit about writing a critique of a movie it's actually a little bit easier because of two reasons one movies are simplified plots they're already summaries if you will adaptations shortened of books that exist or they are you know on their own simpler than books and then of course the other element is that students who watch movies are better able to analyze them by breaking them into oh, okay there's acting there's soundtrack there's plot there's costumes there's camera work there's directing certain there's special effects certain things that they're familiar with in looking at in terms of analysis you could even do a critique of a narrative poem like Casey at the bat or in some cases a country western song as long as it has characters setting and resolution now a non-fiction critique is kind of a hybrid model this is actually something I came up with after learning Webster's syllabuses and I had some students who wanted to do their unit 9 essay on you know a book about Orville and Wilbur Wright or something like that so how do you do a nonfiction critique so you look at unit 8 as being the model for the body paragraphs in a way what are the three most important things what are the three aspects what are the three divisions of what are the three key parts of this book that becomes your body and paragraph 1 and paragraph 5 are taken from the unit 9 model so you've got a little hybrid there in our TWSS you've got that pretty easily visible and you can see that so with fiction like I said you can use anything that follows the story sequence chart with nonfiction you're looking at anything that is basically topic based it's got a subject with divisions that have topics so events in history have divisions wars have causes and effects or battles or famous people or weaponry science can have different aspects biography geography one of the key ideas of a critique is that you don't want to tell everything this is true in fiction and nonfiction with the narrative and non-narrative you don't want to give away every little uh, part of the plot you want people you want the students to present some of it almost like a hint almost like a taste a good critique should cause the person to want to read that story read that book experience that movie see that play whatever it is so you you don't want students to feel compelled to tell every detail and of course whenever you're doing summarizing as you would be for the body paragraphs of the nonfiction you're looking for what's most interesting important or relevant and you want to mark and highlight underline whatever to get the most interesting important facts from the source into the notes one thing that I would always mention with the critique is the power of the critique thesaurus this is on page 150 of the uh, TWSS 2 seminar workbook and what I have found is that students are very often limited in the ideas they can express by the words that they have 
And so if they don't have a richer vocabulary, they can often write something that says, this is a very interesting book because all the characters are very interesting and everything that happened was very interesting and the plot was very exciting and the outcome was really interesting and you should read this very interesting, exciting book. You know, why would someone write something like that? Because they simply don't have other words. So with the critique thesaurus, you are equipping students with a variety of words that will allow the students to think better thoughts. So you're describing the characters. What were they characters? Okay, fine. Were they players, actors, heroes, persona, participants, figures, villains, victims, protagonists, antagonists? Were they static characters, a foil, dynamic? These words, when you learn them and define them, actually expand the capacity for analysis, for analytical thinking, for writing a good critique in a little bit more objective way. So don't underestimate the power of that critique thesaurus. And if you as teachers can, even add to it. Say, what are some other words we could use to describe these things that we're trying to describe? A couple clear differences between the fiction and nonfiction. The five paragraph fiction or narrative critique does not use the topic clincher rule because the body paragraphs like unit three don't have topic clincher sentences. Instead, it's tell about the characters, tell about the action, tell about the resolution, moves through time. A nonfiction or expository type of critique is going to take the subject, whatever it is, or Von Wilbur Wright, or the Battle of, uh, Battle of Britain, or the Mississippi River, or whatever you're writing about, and you're looking then in the book or material you're reading for the three topics, much the way you would be doing if you were doing research in Unit 6 or probably Unit 8, the formal essay. So in that case, because the paragraphs have topics, you are using the topic clincher rule, and it makes sense to do so. So with the narrative side, we've got the basic fiction critique, we have the expansions on that, the response to literature and literary analysis. Those are two areas, by the way, that have been developed much more fully in the TWSS2, the revised seminar workbook to go with the teaching, writing, structure, and style. And there's student samples in there. I think it's very, very clear. I'm not saying everyone should get there, but if you are in a situation where it's your you know, third or fourth year and you've moved really well through the nine units, you want to experiment with that, or you're working in a school or district where there's a particular writing standards that would include response to literature or whatever, then you might go there. With the nonfiction critique, like I said, hybrids of unit eight and nine, you can go with the triac slide. So here would be a, a nonfiction expository type of critique with the hybrid, the unit, the introduction, the conclusion, looking like Unit 9, the body paragraphs looking like Unit 8. And you do use the topic clincher, write the from the inside out. I always say that. Write your essays, write your compositions of five paragraphs or more from the inside out. You write the body paragraphs first, then the conclusion, lastly the introduction, and you get the best result there because you know, you know what you're introducing. You could also use this triac model. It, it may or may not work all of the time. 
but you have this idea of the first thing in, the, in a body paragraph would be the topic sentence. That's pretty straightforward. We know that. Then a restriction. You take that topic and you narrow it down slightly. So Orville and Wilbur Wright experimented with many kinds of mechanical devices and ideas while they were growing up. What they became expert at was bicycles and gears. Okay, so now you can talk about their work with cycles and gears and hopefully that leads into their application of that to flight and discovery of human powered flight. Illustration would be giving the details. This is what I learned about this topic. Usually, especially if it's a book you're dealing with, there's going to be way more details than there are space in a short critique. But you put in a few, you know, two or three things, and then an analysis. This is where the critique gains its value and weight. So you've said, here's the things that happened, or here's the details, here's the events, here's the significant aspects. Now, what is the significance of that? So what? What's the value? What are the impacts? What's the application? Why was that important in the big picture? And that analysis side is really what's going to help the writer become more mature in the in that whole domain of critical writing and critical thinking but you know in the beginning whatever you get from young children is great don't push it don't worry about it as they get older and think more logically things become a little clearer and then the clincher so the triac topic restriction illustration analysis clincher i have found this and as i say in the high school essay class this is kind of like the Swiss Army knife of paragraph models. It's the universal tool. It'll do what you need to do in writing a paragraph 80% of the time or more. So it's a very handy little model to follow. We do have to stop here because we're out of time for today. But because we don't want to leave you hanging too long, we'll go ahead and post the rest of the content later this week. Thanks so much for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, you can subscribe to this podcast in iTunes or Stitcher, or just visit us each week at IEW.com slash podcast. Until then, on behalf of Andrew Poudois and the team at IEW, I thank you for the privilege of allowing us to partner with you on this educational journey toward better listening, speaking, reading, writing, and thinking.